Can I help you? Yes, I am here to see Gavin Burnett. Do you have an appointment? No, but he said I could stop by any time. I was in the area, so I thought I'd see if he's available. Okay, what's your name? Donnie. What's your last name? Yeah, Donnie's fine. I'm his neighbor. He knows who I am. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast She Met Online, the only podcast dedicated to the Lifetime movies we love to hate. I'm Laura Franzizi, and today I'm joined by my guest co-host, Monica Doshi-Becker. Hello. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. This was a great afternoon. Yeah, we, <laughs> we watched the 2017 Lifetime thriller, The Bachelor Next Door. It was 84 minutes. Wow. Really? The whole, the whole movie kind of dragged. Okay, so I'm going to give a recap for those uh, of our listeners who did not watch the movie. Because one of our taglines is, we watch Lifetime movies, so you don't have to. Is This was a by-the-book Lifetime stalker thriller. Um, and again, no one in this movies has ever seen a Lifetime movie, right? Because if you get a new neighbor and you're in a Lifetime movie, it's time to move. And Yeah, and your old neighbors mysteriously disappear. <laughs> I mean... You probably want to move. Yeah. <laughs> so in this movie, Alex is played by Haley Duff, uh, and she is engaged to this tall, dark, and handsome man named Gavin, uh, played by Michael Welch. And it is pretty much all downhill from the moment that the neighbor, Donald, but you can call me Donnie, (laughs) moves in. He saves her from a fire. There's just a lot of stalking. And then he kidnaps her. And in the end, Donnie dies and the police don't do their job. The police didn't really do much in this movie. No, in true lifetime fashion, none of the none of the police are capable. Right, or even called upon. I, I I found that to be a bit confusing as to why Gavin hung up on the police. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. But, um. No, it's okay. Let's we can jump right into it. So towards the end of the movie, Donnie has kidnapped Alex, who's a woman with his chloroform rag and taken her out to her family's farm. Everyone seems to have chloroform at the ready in these yeah. movies, I think. I, do you know where you would even buy chloroform? I don't. No, I think you have to make it. Yeah. But yeah, they always have a chloroform-soaked rag. Yeah. Ready to go. Yep. Yeah. Just at a moment's notice. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you'd be here. <laughs> Whoop, chloroform. Exactly. Gavin is on the phone with the police of Los Angeles, the LAPD, and he's like, tell me where you're going, Gavin. Tell me where you're going to see Donnie, because he has your fiancé. And he hangs up on them. Why? Because he wanted to save the day. He didn't. He did not, no. No, no. Which is also in true lifetime form, because there's that moment that you think Gavin saved the day, but really, Donnie's not dead. And Alex has to save herself. She does. All right, let's talk about how this movie began. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Beautiful home in suburbia with at least a three-car garage, possibly five. 
that she's a she self-identifies as a struggling artist. Yeah. And man, she gets proposed to in like the first five minutes, and she immediately says, "I can't marry you. I'll lose my edge. I don't want to do laundry. I don't want to." I don't want dinners. I don't want to eat dinner. <laughs> it's like, what? I never ate dinner until I got married. What about you? <laughs> yeah, no, food was not a part of my life. Yeah. I also didn't wear clothes or no. do laundry. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I get that she was trying to say, like, this is what a boring housewife is. But that's what she does. She is but that's what she is anyway. She's painting, but she... Yeah, she's cool. a stay-at-home mom without the kid. Yeah, exactly. She's just a stay-at-home. In suburban America, throwing dinner parties at her house with red solo cups. Which right. seemed really out of place in their fancy... I mean, you know, everyone was perfectly coiffed. Pretty much everyone was white, I think. Everyone was yeah, white and there was blonde. One, there was one token woman, like they showed for a second on the stairs. Right. To be Asian, maybe. Um... But then they had the red solo cups, which I, I thought were very out of place. And I don't know if you noticed, but there was actually mismatched cups when they were cleaning up. There were red solo cups, and there were those other kind of like styrofoam, maybe kind of coffee cups. I don't know. It just seemed out of place. Well, it's not friendly to the environment, for one. For sure. And for secondary, just how can you be an artist and then knowingly give out Red cups. solo cups. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Um, and how can you be an edgy artist with such a non-diverse group of friends? Well, and like, later on, she's like, maybe I'll just sell out and sell my paintings to hotels. And I'm like, dude, if you're selling art and hotels want to buy it, good for you. <laughs> do it. But I didn't. I don't know how big the market of Haley Duff self-portraits are. I don't know. Real close-ups of her face. And... Yeah. And she's had some work done, and it was just... It was hard to watch. It was hard for her to cry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. did not do well. Mm -hmm. um, the... Dude, in the very beginning, when she's asleep with uh, her boyfriend Gavin and she's like did you hear that sound and he's like asleep and you and I both look at each other and we're like we're married like you hit them you wake them up and I you... heard something hi I heard something you need to go check it out yes. and I, I will stay here and I'll be here with the phone in case you don't come back or I hear someone scream yeah why would why do you go exploring that on your own yeah uh back in the old days, it would have been like, I will dial 9-1 and yeah. I will wait. Yeah. But now, with cell phones, it's like, I will have 9 dialed yeah. and you just tell me to hit the green button. Exactly. Yeah. As you said, not a lot of um, people in Lifetime movies have actually seen Lifetime movies, so... Um, no. Yeah. Uh, so, let's talk about Donnie. Donnie is, as he proclaims, just the bachelor next door... <laughs> and he looked like a grown-up Joffrey Baratheon. That's an excellent, excellent description. He had um, blonde eyelashes, which I found very unnerving, even yeah. though I didn't particularly find Donnie 
to be threatening. Right. But the blonde eyelashes were, yeah, they kind of creeped me out a little bit. He was not threatening. He had no upper lip. And he felt just kind of like, he felt kind of like a Chandler Bing. Yes. Like a Chandler yes. Bing vibe, like, but without the sarcasm. Right. Or the humor. Yeah. <laughs> just really socially awkward. Yeah. And as it turns out, a stalker. But, right. You know. <laughs> uh, so he, at the very beginning, he plants an electrical fire in their house. And again, she's like, oh no, there's a fire. I'm going to run into the smoke. Yes. And he shows up with a fire extinguisher, which, unless you live in an apartment, I don't think you have a fire extinguisher. Well, maybe you do, but, uh, you know, later Alex was like, anyone else would have just called 911. You're such a hero. And I'm thinking, that's what you're supposed to do, is call 911. When there's a fire. Yeah, what if it had been something bigger? His little fire extinguisher wasn't going to do it. I also, this is just one of those, you know, things that you watch in a movie or show, and you're like, that is just not right. Right. There was no smoke damage anywhere in the kitchen. Where I mean, you walked into the kitchen, and everything was perfect. The walls were still a beautiful kind of, I don't know, yellow, and everything looked perfect. Uh, none of the glasses looked dirty. There was no smoke anywhere after this huge fire that filled up an entire room. Um, yeah, but, you know, call 911. That seems... And, and, and he unplugged the... The surge protector. Well, it wasn't... Oh, a it wasn't protector. the surge protector. <laughs> right, right. He unplugged the uh, extension cord. Yes. <laughs> this is an important point. So it caught on fire because there was no surge protector. Monica, what is a surge protector? So Donnie very kindly mansplained in the movie, the surge protector protects from surges, from electrical surges. And, you know, Alex was really grateful that Donnie was able to explain that. Yeah. What would she have done otherwise? She probably would have died in the fire because she would have ran toward it instead of out the front door. There was one other case of mansplaining which was towards towards the end when Donnie is like losing it and he starts mansplaining what insanity is (laughs) he's like this isn't insane what would be insane is if I did this or if I didn't love you yeah Donnie I don't know Donnie didn't have a lot of great knowledge to drop but he he tried it was kind of interesting so there's an interesting twist I thought to this movie I was surprised anyway so all along so the movie starts out with what we now understand is a flashback Alex is having of her being raped or, as we later learn, someone attempting to rape her. So throughout this movie, you're thinking, because Donnie is dropping a couple of hints about, like, oh, I moved into town to see an old friend, or... um, I have some emotional support I need to lay on someone. Yeah, something, you know? So you're kind of thinking, oh, this is the guy that tried to rape her ten years ago, and he's back, and he's stalking her... But the little twist in the plot there was that, no, Donnie actually did not try and rape her. Donnie actually saved her from being raped by 
an old boyfriend of hers, as we later learned. In college, yep. Um, and, I, I mean, I will say I was a little thrown by this because as Donnie was, you know, getting the shit kicked out of him because he was saving her, yeah, she just ran away. Ran away, which I can understand. And she claims to have not known who saved her, but I... I'm feeling him a little bit on the fact that she was just like, she totally dissed him earlier because he was a little nerdy and had some acne and, you know, and she was too cool for school and college. They did great makeup work. Unless he actually broke out. I agree. I thought that too. I thought that too, actually. But I also thought, oh, sort of Superman. Like, how did she really not recognize him? Like, right. I mean, he looks the same except for the acne. He looked exactly the same. Yeah. And this was someone who kind of pursued her and then subsequently saved her from getting raped. And, you know, he's kind of right. She never did thank him. Um, is that worthy of stalking? No, of course not. Right. <laughs> Haley Duff. <laughs> We're not saying you deserved it. No. <laughs> but we are saying you should thank Donnie. You should have 10 years ago. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Man. So okay. what happened? Instead, you ended up shooting him in the head 10 years later. So, I mean, you know. So the the background character on the background, building the background on Donnie was so textbook. We were watching it, and he's like, Gavin and him and Sage, her little sister, Alex's little sister, who we will get into. Oh, my gosh. Can we? Yes. <laughs> I have thoughts on Sage. <laughs> but they're eating they're eating dinner at her parents' cabin and Gavin is pressing Donnie. He's like, Donnie, we don't even know anything about you. And Donnie just looks at him and goes, Well, my parents died when I was five in a tragic car accident <laughs> and I learned to call grandma and grandpa mom and dad. I thought we were gonna dig into that a little bit more. I really did. But no, that No. That was it. And then both Sage and Alex were like, oh, you experienced trauma. <laughs> that makes me feel for you. Right. <laughs> All right, Sage. We brought her up. They don't know who she is. Yeah. Sage is not very sage. I mean, she is not wise. Yeah. Um... She has poor choice in men. Um, yep. And she also just isn't very honest and forthright with her sister. Which I think is unfortunate because it seems like they're close. But um, so Donnie, in the throes of passion with Sage, ends up saying, I've always loved you, Alex. Alex. Yep. So Sage, understandably, gets very angry and kicks Donnie out. And subsequently, after a little bit of needling, ends up telling Alex this, why she wouldn't just say it. hold Alex. Um, like, hey, that guy I was making out with said I've always loved you, and then your name. Yeah, and that's weird, and you should watch out for him. No, she's more upset at her sister and thinks something's going on with them, which really doesn't make sense in the whole scheme of things. But that being said, I said I don't... Alex doesn't really seem to trust Sage very much either because after that whole exchange, mm -hmm. Alex is crying on Donnie's shoulder 
and invites him oh, once again into her house. Man, it's so painful. You know, it's a lesson in in trusting your fellow women and sisters, really. You think about all the places in this movie that things could have been okay. And better. And better. And better, no. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. One of the things that was really hard for me to understand is that what kind of parents name their two daughters Alex and then Sage? <laughs> right? I was thinking, I could imagine someone, like in my son's kindergarten class right now, named Sage, or someone, you know, that right. generation. but their sibling would be named, like, Harmony, or <laughs> right. Meadow, or, like, Essential right. Oil. <laughs> like... Sage is just such a hippy-dippy name that, yeah. like, unless Alex's middle name was, like, of Transcendental Meditation Meadows. Yeah. No, it was Marie or Maria. Oh, yeah, when Gavin proposed. proposed. Which I've got to talk about, too. Because in the beginning of the movie... He proposed. He proposed, and she was kind of like, no way, no how. I mean, she... It was very confusing because she wasn't only talking about she wanted to be married. She really was trying to make an argument for not even wanting to be in a relationship. Right. But then she was like, but I love you and I want to be with you forever and isn't that enough? And that was all confusing. But she was very adamantly against marriage. But then Gavin showed up with a ring, I feel like. And, and she was, it was so hard. She was like, I want to do this for you. Yeah, I see how important it is to you. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, let's get married. Yeah. And then... They get married, they get engaged, and they go back into the farmhouse, and Donnie is like, oh, congratulations. Like, are you sure you're not having reservations? Are you sure you don't want to not marry him? Why don't you marry me? It was very awkward. <laughs> it was very awkward for them even. Just I feel like it was like 30 seconds after he proposed that they just walked back in the house like, okay, well, we just wanted to let you know. Why would Gavin... Okay, like, Donnie is already such a creepometer. Yeah. Right? Like, he's already so creepy. Why would you choose to propose when Donnie is there? I don't know. Like, where's... Like, come on, Gavin. He seems... He seems like he would be more together than that, Gavin. Yeah. And this wasn't even like he had planned this trip... No. And then it got disrupted because it was a very last minute. They were trying to get away from Donnie. <laughs> they were trying... They they legitimately thought that Donnie had hurt Sage. Right. And they went to go check on her. And then... No, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. because she wasn't returning her calls. Right. And she like... <laughs> she like goes next... Alex goes next door and she's like, Donnie, do you know where Sage is? And he was like, well, we stayed up all night talking. And then I drove her home. I dropped her off at home. But what was it? She was having trouble with her phone or something. Didn't he say something like that? Yeah, and then they leave to go check on her. But then when they get there, Donnie is already there. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, everything's fine. They were already sort of creeped out by Donnie. I, there wasn't enough trusting of gut intuition in this movie either. I was thinking about that with Alex. Here's someone who was a victim of attempted rape in college, had nightmares about that, and yet she's, like, allowing this guy who's creeping her out... Yeah. 
like constant access to her home and it was confusing to like yeah even even after her sister says he said i always loved you yeah and they like find him taking out their trash yeah, and he was trimming their hedges and doing weird things like that and like finding their heideki and she's like oh please come in and comfort me and not even just come in but like come in and come upstairs climb up my stairs and sit next to me on the stairs yeah, I was confused. I mean, I guess they had to nice. go upstairs so Gavin could punch him and throw him down the stairs. Right. But, like, he's still... Can we talk about that a little bit? Yes. Um, so, yes. So, Donnie set it up to make it seem like Gavin was having an affair. Right. And then Gavin came home. Saw I'm going yeah. to pause you. Yes. So, the reason Gavin... Or the reason Donnie could even set up that there was an affair was because Donnie went to Gavin's work, where Gavin has been a investor for ten years, which is a very long time. Apparently, it's a very long time to have a job and do on one yes. thing. Yes. Um. And he like says hello. They have like some very awkward like, why are you here? cordial chit-chat and then uh gavin's boss who's a woman named jen uh is like oh hi nice to meet you donnie we have a complicated past i used to sleep with him (laughs) isn't that funny ha 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 and it was like her and sage were both like oozing sexuality when it made no sense. When it was super inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. It would not happen in the real world. <laughs> it was like, oh, like, I'm in the office. Let me just be seductful. Well, I totally had this thought, because I come from a human resources background, right? The first right. interaction we have with Jen is Jen asking Gavin if he wants to go to lunch and Gavin saying you know I don't think that's a good idea why don't you just send me an email on whatever they were talking about and Jen's like well you know just because we have a past doesn't mean we can't hang out and um, I am your superior I I, I am your superior I'm like ding 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 this looks like one of my training videos I used to do with people I I thought maybe they'd touch on that a little bit more but no like like some other things in this movie we just didn't get like a complete circle on on items um the struggling artist as well right. um so she was you know had never had a painting sold and finally two of her paintings sold right and i i kind of feel like i don't know how you feel about this but we got you know she gets this call oh two of your paintings sold and it was an exciting moment i kind of feel like the part where donnie bought those paintings ended up on like the cutting room floor Yes. Right? Because I feel like that was supposed to be something. But then, you know, 84 minutes was already too long for this movie, so they really needed to wrap it up. Um, Because I felt like that sort of was dead in the water. And I feel like also, I mean, Gavin and Alex already aren't necessarily, like, a functional or positive relationship. But when she sells her paintings and she's on the phone and they're driving in the car, she hangs up and one second later he's like, "Why don't you tell me what happened? What? What was a? What was a? Who were you on the phone with? What did you talk about?" Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of support for her art. Um, I, 
I feel like Gavin is happy with their pattern of her being a I, I struggle. I, I I struggle with the struggling artist thing, just given her lifestyle. Um, but yeah. I don't. I don't know how life will go for Alex and Gavin if Alex actually truly becomes a successful artist, because Gavin may not be able to handle that. Well, I mean, she's got a lot of she's got a lot of pain that she can draw from. <laughs> she has had a tumultuous life, and now she's shot someone point blank in the forehead. So, I mean, that's. And, like, Gavin just didn't seem like the kind of person who would have a gun in the glove box. That was a surprise. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, but he did, and I guess that's why he felt comfortable hanging up on the cops when they were supposed to be there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, to be a white man. I know. Well, I was kind of, you know, it was funny, because Gavin did get arrested in the course of this movie, because right. Donnie called the police and said, there's a man with road rage chasing me. And I think he has a gun. And I think he has a gun. Now, this was in Los Angeles, mind you, and this resulted in Gavin, not only his car being pulled over, but him actually being cuffed. Taken to jail. Taken to jail, into questioning. And I was just thinking, how this, this No, they happen? don't have the resources. And as you said, he's white. I, I don't understand, like this... Like, they won't even send a cop out if your, like, car gets broken into. No. <laughs> They'll be like, uh, that's great, file a report online. Yeah, we had, we had our house front gate broken into and our stroller stolen here in San Francisco, and the, we called the police, and they said, okay, we'll send someone out. And the cops that came were like, we shouldn't really be coming out for something like this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Our house was broken into. Great. Good to know. Good to know. Oh, San Francisco. <laughs> yes. Alright, so the end of the movie is Donnie kidnaps Alex with his candy chloroform. Right, yes. Um, takes her to his parents, her parents' farmhouse. Where are her parents? I don't know. Okay. But it was also really weird because it felt like, like they were almost, even though... They were clearly supposed to be, like, 32, right? right? Like, 10 years out of college. Yeah. Um, like, Sage and Donnie, even though they were, like, making out and she invited him to the cabin, had separate bedrooms. Yes. And it's like, okay, like, were there her parents there? I mean, I didn't see them. It seems weird. It seems weird. Especially since Sage ended up sneaking into his room. It's not like... Who are you sneaking from? Yeah. <laughs> no. And then she was like, we were about to have sex, and he said this. And I was like, really? That's what was going to happen? Because I think he was wearing his work pants. Yeah. And you had, like, long flannel pajama pants and a t-shirt on. Uggs. And Uggs on. <laughs> Which is fine for marital sex. <laughs> but for premarital sex, you put a little effort Especially into it. Especially when there's, like, sneaking involved, right? <laughs> Um, I have one outstanding question for you. Yeah, I have an outstanding answer. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Donnie had a room in his house with all these, because he was oh, spying right. on Gavin and Alex, and uh, Alex eventually discovered all these pictures she had, a, he had, a, Donnie had up of them, and video, and all this stuff. So, on the computer screen, yep. there was this little, like, 
three by five or maybe, you know, like a wallet size sort of picture of some guy. Yeah. With like a, a beard. beard and, and they showed this a couple of times. Right. I was like, who is this guy? Do you know who that was? No, like maybe it was like the initial casting of Gavin. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it was supposed to be like Donnie's older brother. Maybe. I was like, this is one of those things that didn't come full circle for me. Oh, it was weird, and I also feel like Donnie is just such a weird nickname. Yeah. Well, I just think of Donnie Wahlberg. I think of Donnie Osmond. Oh, that's even more problematic. Yes. And, like, didn't he make out with his sister? Wasn't he also, like, a Baratheon? I don't think so, but they did sing together. Okay. Donnie and Marie. <laughs> um, I don't think they ever had an incestuous relationship to my knowledge. I could be wrong. Right. I may be jaded by the fact that I used to listen to the Donnie Murray record a lot when I was young. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... It, it, Donnie was... There was one scene where he first meets the receptionist at Gavin's work, and he's, like, towering over her, and he's like, my name's Donnie, and the woman is like, what was your last name? And he's like, just Donnie. And he's like, tell him I'm his neighbor. Yeah, his neighbor. And he's like trying to be kind of like the music in the background and stuff is trying to make us think that he's sort of menacing and threatening, but I'm right. like, his name's Donnie. Yeah. And, and he's he not. looks like a grown up Joffrey. I mean, I really, yeah, it was hard to, hard to buy that. Yeah. So in the end, uh, Gavin refuses the help of the police. He shoots Donnie. Donnie lives, and then Alex has to save herself and shoots Donnie, and he dies. Lifetime does generally do a good job of that. Women generally tend to save themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just so hard. Yeah. It was hard to get there. It was very hard to get there. It was, it was difficult to see Alex go from being a 22-year-old... Assertive. It was assertive, very clear. Donald, I'm not interested in you. I just don't feel that way about you. I'm you know, not interested in pursuing anything with you. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Very clear. Yep. To, you know, 32, 33-year-old Alex, who was like, um, well, you were making out with my sister and calling my name, but yeah, come into my house or come... Tech, tell me more about surge protectors, or I mean, she was obviously like, let me uncomfortable. Show you my paintings. Yeah. So I come I to our what, party. Yeah. I don't know what happened to her over those ten years. I I feel like I've probably gotten more assertive and clear about my needs and wants since I was twenty two. But um, I, I think know. yeah, it's a safe thing to assume. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So we end. We end each episode with Jerry Springer style final thoughts. Oh my. Okay. Um, so I'll go first. Okay. And my final thought is pretty succinct. And it's, if someone new moves in next door, you've got to move. And you've got to become the new person that moves in next door. Because that's the only way that you're going to live and not get, <laughs> uh, you know, a seductress or a stalker. Or, you know, just like a creepy killer living next door to you. Those are my final thoughts. And also, Haley Duff, girl, your face is a little beat. <laughs> <laughs> we 
<laughs> My final thoughts are, I think, what disturbed me most in this movie, and I think, you know, an important lesson to all, is to trust your your sister, whether she's your blood sister or your friend or someone who's right. known you all life instead of all these other crazy people around you. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I mean, and, and stick with that, you know? Um, what is it? Sisters before misters or something like that? I don't know. Um, yeah. But I just feel like if Sage and Alex had communicated a little bit better from the beginning um, and Sage was... I don't know, just a little more sage, sage. <laughs> then we could have avoided a lot of serious problems. Yeah, those are really good final thoughts. Um, thank you again, Monica, for coming over and watching The Bachelor Next Door. I really enjoyed it. This has been fantastic. I look forward to doing it again. Yes, please do come <laughs> back. Until next time, I'm Laura Franzese. And I am Monica Doshi-Becker. And this is the podcast she met online. I used to love the tenderloin